Hi everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome to another episode at the We, we Are Podcast. So today we have a news updates for y'all. There were like not that many like big cases this week, so we have less less updates, but still good. Still yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So I t- I'll start it off with okay. um kind of a continuation of one of last week's updates and it is about the protesting going on in iran um Mm -hmm. if you haven't already i encourage you to listen to our last week's episode because we talked about the murder of masa amini and that's like kind of important to understand this little segment but for background in case you were wondering masa amini was a 22 year old young woman in iran who was arrested by the morality police which is basically like a thing in iran that um they like kind of drive around and like are able to examine women's dress and determine whether it's modest enough whether they're they have like a mandatory hijab and they can the morality police determines whether they are dressed modestly enough whether their hijabs on properly whether their clothing's too tight and um if they determine that it is like not appropriate then they are able to arrest women and basically do whatever they want to them and it's a it's a terrible thing um a lot of countries with like radical iran or um, radical islamic rulers and like people that run the country like their governments are radically islamic they do have like a lot of similar situations and in this case masa amini was arrested by the morality police and she was beaten and she eventually died um many believe due to her injuries but the the like government says it's because of a heart attack even though people like eyewitnesses specifically saw her getting beaten in a van and falling and like getting severe head trauma so Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, like, something. But recently, there has been, like, a lot of protests surrounding her death. A lot of people are going in the streets and protesting the strict Iranian government dress code, specifically that's targeted towards women. And they're also just, like, burning their hijabs and cutting their hair in, like, solidarity with the Mm -hmm. situation. So that's been happening a lot but the government's response to it has not been like good at all um these two cases are the two people i'm going to be talking about specifically today and this is nika shakarami and serena esmailzadeh and they have died during protests in iran so if we if we um like if you think about like what happened to masa amini um her case was like probably one of the only televised cases but there's so many Mm -hmm. like other cases that have been like super like on the low um Mm -hmm. but they've been basically like kind of protesting that on september 20th though um nika disappeared inside the city of tehran hours after burning her hijab in a protest to the government so she disappeared and then eight days after her disappearance the police contacted her family and said that they found her body um and nika's mother actually said that like they stole her body away from the morgue that the family selected her body to be buried in and then buried her in a village miles away from the family selected burial site which doesn't it's just like such a strange thing to yeah like in america that would not ever be allowed like definitely not so um that's something interesting to know another thing uh with serena who is the serena as male she 
um, on September 23rd, which was three days after Nika's disappearance and death, um, she was beaten to death by police at a protest in Gohardas. So Serena was like actually like a popular YouTuber who would like post videos of her advocating women's rights and she would mm-hmm. post videos like a lot about in- inequality in Iran and like so many different issues and how the mm-hmm. mandatory hijab is like such an outworldish thing mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of videos on her talking about it and you can actually find them on YouTube still mm-hmm. but they they she was seen being beaten to death but the government actually said that she jumped off a building to commit suicide and they said that for serena but they also said that nika fell off a building so these two women who were like in different areas and have different backgrounds and were killed at different times they both were like the government said that they jumped off a building when eyewitnesses clearly saw them being beaten yeah they were clearly trying to cover it up just like when they said that like masa amini had died from a heart attack and stuff and like tried to make it seem like they weren't responsible for her death yeah and 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 like them coming up with the same excuse for both of them is just so mm-hmm. weird to me but it's it's just so sad um despite like these are two cases but actually 185 protesters have died in these in these protests for masa amini including 19 children so mm-hmm. these protests are like nothing we would see in the u.s the u.s doesn't have anything like that but this is like common in iran and 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 because the government is so like strict about the rules they are able to limit social media usage and also they like cut off like internet and wi-fi for a lot of people so they're unable to even like spread full stories and the information about like what's going on in iran because they don't even have access to the internet so like Uh we don't even really fully know everything that's happening this is kind of just like what we've heard Mm-hmm. But in other protest news, there was actually like a shooting that went down on September 30th at the Great Masala of Zahadan. So that's basically like a place of worship. And a lot of people were gathering. I think it was like thousands of people were gathering uh-huh. to pray. Um, but they were basically some people like broke off from the prayer and started like mm-hmm. chanting like slogans um, at the nearby police station. Um, partially because of what happened to Masa Amini and mm-hmm. partially because um, there was also like another story going around in that area about a 15 year old girl who got like raped in jail after she was arrested. Oh, wow. So people were kind of like going to the police station to sort of protest that. Um, and after that, the police and like security agents were started to fire at the protesters from the rooftop of the police station and they mm-hmm. also began firing into the praying place like the mosala the place where people were praying even if they weren't like a part of the protest and even while they were still playing so they shot a lot and that that began that now that what that happened that became known in in iran as bloody friday and it is mm. by far the deadliest government crackdown against protesters since wow. the demonstrations began it's it's just so devastating to like see that that's so normalized in those places mm-hmm. and it's just ugh, it's it's just so awful it is i think in america we have like the privilege to be able to like protest peacefully and not necessarily have consequences but like in countries like iran you can't even protest against something as terrible as like masa amini's death without like getting cracked down upon or you can't really protest about anything without like getting killed getting injured or just like yeah 
facing yeah. severe consequences so it's really terrible yeah. and the government crackdowns have just been getting worse and worse like mm-hmm. there's so many like we don't even know what's going on because of like they don't have access to the internet to tell their stories right. but like from what we've heard like these shootings are like common or like if not at least normalized there's police violently like going against protesters and it's just mm-hmm. a disaster honestly so i agree okay yeah are you ready i am ready okay so um my next update is about alex jones and i did an update about this like a couple weeks ago or like months ago i'm not sure um but basically alex jones is a famous radio host and he's really well known for Infowars, which is like a show he hosts and he's very radical like he's a far-right conspiracy theorist so like he's made up a lot of like conspiracy theories about things but one of like the biggest and most like disastrous claims he's made is that the sandy hook shooting was fake and the Sandy Hook shooting was, like, this huge, horrible, like, devastating shooting in 2012. Um, and it was at an element, elementary school. 28 people died from that shooting. And he was, like, saying that it was, like, fake and all this stuff. And he was saying it was this whole conspiracy so, like, Democrats could, like, have more control on guns. And it was, like, this huge thing. Like, he was making all these false claims about it. And it was just, like the victims' families obviously were not very happy that he was saying that the shooting where, like, their children died was fake. So, um, but on the good side, he's now being ordered to pay $965 million to the families of the victims um, over his false claims. And the families, like, sued him for defamation, which, like, defamation is, like, making a false claim made to ruin like someone's reputation or just like a false statement um with that intent in like defamation I feel like it's been like popularized with like the um Johnny Depp like trial and stuff so like we all kind of know like yeah what that means at this point but um Jones's legal team has already vowed to appeal the award so he's going to send it up to a higher court and try to like get a different verdict um and we're not sure what'll happen like with the appeal like they might say that the award of 965 million was too excessive so they might like lower the amount or they might say like you know what we're gonna sue him for like even more so it really just depends um but alex jones called the award a quote joke and a travesty in response and um Another thing is whether he's able to actually like financially like procure the money for like the families because he claims he has less than two million dollars to his name. Um, and he keeps saying this like during his InfoWars broadcasts. And he also like filed for bankruptcy earlier earlier this year. But then like a forensic economist who like testified in the defamation case against him said that like the combined worth of some of his things could be as high as like 270 million so there are a lot of like different views on whether he has actually enough money to like pay the victims families and whether they're actually gonna get that 965 million that they're supposed to be owed so i guess we'll see like what happens with that but yeah mm-hmm. it's um it's a good step that he's being like held accountable for his claims because it can be really yeah. damaging like when you say those like insensitive and like completely false things about like something as terrible as like a school shooting at an elementary school yeah so there's no possibility of him going to jail though it's just like 
No, it's just like um, yeah, him okay. being charged to pay money for damages. Yeah, I think yeah. that's common with like defamation cases. Yeah, defamation cases usually it's just like you have to pay money in damages to like whoever you damaged basically like with the johnny depp and amber heard like amber had to pay johnny like 15 million dollars but like she didn't like go to jail yeah so that's that's Mm -hmm. that's crazy but that being said i think that ends off our first task yeah so Mm -hmm. stay tuned for more updates all right bye Hi everyone, I'm Ahana and I'm Celine and welcome back to it. Oh my god, my um, the lighting's on. Oh, but I also- <laughs> <laughs> we just um, we're like literally putting our camera on a pumpkin because we have nothing else to hold it up. We used to put it on an ironing board, but oh yeah, that was the good old days. Anyways, <clears throat> moving on to our updates. I'm gonna start it off with something really, really sad, and it made me personally really sad because yeah. I am a big fan of this person mm-hmm. and just his character. But Robbie Coltrane, who played Hagrid, Hagrid. If you don't know who Hagrid is, you need to go outside and touch some grass. But Hagrid <laughs> is in the Harry Potter franchise, and he is like the one of like Harry's first mentors i would yeah, say yeah and he played such an important role throughout the series being like the big lovable giant yeah <laughs> i love so hagrid sad. no he was so like, he was like, like comforting. comforting like literally my favorite character yeah, <laughs> he was honestly, so good honestly i love him and like hermione were like my favorite characters. yeah i liked Ginny and then hermione and then like i don't know yeah. and then uh-huh. i don't know but hagrid I was always like hagrid. a staple like he he was just always the most innocent like naive he like looks scary but he's just so like this comforting guy yeah and he was such a good guy and he was just his character was so good yeah and the acting was so good too. yeah and he was just this sweet little innocent like he looks so big and scary but he's like this sweet little warm-hearted like naive little shrimp and he's so cute okay that sounds weird when i say like but like cute as in in like a lovable teddy bear type yeah way. like someone you want to like drink tea with and like yeah eat rock cakes. and he would yeah he would like make you he would even though he sucks at baking he would still make you a cake for your birthday like he's that type of character and robbie coltrane like really embodied him really well mm-hmm. throughout the series um he featured in a lot all the movies and um like he was just so beloved for bringing that yes. character to life. Um, everyone on the Harry Potter said that he was very comedic, iconic. He was so fun. And um, even some of his coworkers, like Daniel Radcliffe, who p- played Harry Potter, said that I've especially fond memories of him keeping our spirits up on the Prisoner of Azkaban movie when we're all hiding from the torrential rain for hours in Hagrid's hut and he was telling us stories and cracking us jokes to keep morale up he was just known as a nice comforting guy um he also appeared in two James Bond films in Goldeneye and The World Is Not Enough and he's he's also had like a lot of other works done um for like different tv shows and like comedy series and even drama series and he's just a an amazing 
like actor and person um his agent belinda wright reminisced about their work together he she said quote he will probably be best remembered as haggard the a role which brought joy to children and adults alike over the world prompting a stream of fan letters and just happiness in general but for me personally i shall remember him as an abidingly loyal client as well as being a wonderful actor he was forced for for nis for <clears throat> forensically intelligent. forensically oh yeah. <laughs> this is like there's just sometimes where i don't even know where i pull stuff out of and anyways forensically i don't even okay forensically intelligent brilliant, brilliantly witty and after 40 years of being proud to be called his agent i shall miss him so Everyone's paying tribute to him all across Instagram. So many people have posted about him. Honestly, I love Harry Potter with every bone in my body and it makes me so sad that he died. And honestly, rest in peace, but we'll remember his legacy and what he did for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. It's really <sighs> it's really sad. I know. I, I, I feel like I feel like Harry Potter it's just like becoming so much less popular and it makes me really uh, sad. I think yeah, it's like yeah, I don't yeah. Mm. Okay. <sighs> Anyways, next update is also really sad. It's about a shooting. Um it was a shooting in Raleigh, which is in North Carolina, and it took place on Thursday and like seven people were shot, five of them like that were shot died from fatal wounds and um one of the five victims killed was even like an off-duty police officer who was like on his way to work so it's just like really sad um and the victims were like a range of different races and like they aged from 16 to their late 50s which is really sad cuz one of the victims was 16 years old which is like only right. yeah like mm-hmm. that's only like a young teenager and it's really really sad Um in the gunfire what happened was the gunfire broke out around 5 p.m. on Thursday and it was in like a residential neighborhood area um around downtown and <clears throat> police from there said that the teenager fled to like a walking trail in the other direction and continued shooting people and to me like one of the most shocking things about the shooting is that the shooter was a 15 year old like that's so yeah that's so young to I be feel like, like a lot of shooters recently have been like really yeah. young which but is this scary. isn't necessarily like a school shooting though this was yeah. just like a shooting which is like at a school shooting you would expect them to be younger but this is like just a shooting in general which is like really scary yeah. um but the 15-year-old was identified as a white male and he was taken into custody by law enforcement and they had like gone on a manhunt to try to find him and it lasted like hours but then they finally t- uh, found him and took him in custody um and he was hospitalized and in critical conditioning following the arrest but authorities have not said like how he was injured like whether it was self-inflicted or like whether it was like an external force but um the police haven't determined yet a motive for the attack because it's like it seemed kind of random because it wasn't like necessarily one particular race or like it wasn't necessarily one particular gender it was just kind of like a random group of people ranging from different ages and racial backgrounds um but the suspect is going to be tried as an adult so he is 15 and like in our country like usually if you're like below 18 you go to juvie and you're tried as like 
like a minor, but since for sometimes like for really, really serious crimes like shootings and murder, you can be tried as an adult, even if you're not an adult, just because you need like sometimes the same consequences as an adult would like receive in that situation. Um, but one of the 911 calls took that took place like during the instant the caller was saying that the shooter was wearing camouflage and he, quote, walked by and shot a police officer, quote, for no reason. So it seemed really random. And then another person said there was, quote, a kid running around with a shotgun and he ran into the woods. <clears throat> but Biden made a response to this incident by saying, quote, enough. We've grieved and prayed with too many families who have had to bear the terrible burden of these mass shootings. Too many families have had spouses, parents, and children taken from them forever. So, um, yeah, whether that means, like, a change in policy or, like, something that'll keep, like, 15-year-olds from getting these guns, and, yeah. That's, that's awful. Yeah. Okay, moving on to my last update of the week. <clears throat> it's about Adnan Saeed. So we talked about him last week as well. I feel like a lot of my updates are just continuations. But it's very interesting, this case. Um, for background, a high school senior named Heyman Lee disappeared one day after school in 1999 in Maryland. And a month later, her body was found in a city park. So her body was examined and they found out that she died by strangling and her 17-year-old ex-boyfriend Adnan Saeed was arrested mm -hmm. for the crime and within a year he was sentenced to life in prison. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I think he's lived or like at currently it's he's like lived like around two decades in prison but recently it has come to light that the prosecutors who were like going against Adnan Saeed during the original trial kept a lot of like alternative suspects and a lot of evidence secret from the mm -hmm. okay. uh, defense attorneys which is actually mm -hmm. a violation of something called the Brady rule which requires prosecutors to turn over any evidence that could help exonerate mm -hmm. or like save a criminal defendant right, right so basically if they turned over this evidence Adnan Saeed originally might not have been put to a life sentence or even like jailed at all right so because this has been brought to light um they basically voided his trial and set him free and he no longer was in jail um so the prosecutors the people who were like basically sentencing Adnan had the decision to retrial him and they had 30 days to decide whether they wanted to do another trial on, on him and see mm -hmm. if they could get like him sentenced differently or again in another way but mm -hmm. they actually uh, decided that they were going to drop all charges against wow. him um, which happened recently. So they decided to drop all charges against him. So Anand Saeed is a free man. Um, and if, in case you're wondering, like, what evidence that was, like, not brought to light by prosecutors, the evidence was actually that there was, like, two other suspects. And one of them was um, actually threatened to kill Lee during the investigation. Oh. Yeah. And there was also, like, evidence, like, other evidence. But, yeah, it's it's just crazy. And this, this case is specifically important because mm -hmm. it was – it got so famous because of a podcast called Serial who covered this case back – like when it was um, like fresh. And mm. um, so it was a very popular case. And now mm. Adnan Saeed is free. And I mean, many people think he's innocent with the new evidence. So right. it's very and interesting. And even like if he isn't innocent, it's still like the process. He didn't really get like a due process with like Yeah, fair, he doesn't get like, a fair process. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I guess they 
I mean, it's crazy to like think that like so many innocent people could be like in jail, in jail yeah just because prosecutors didn't bring up evidence or there wasn't evidence yeah. at the time and there's no it's just like so weird but it is yeah anyways. okay so my last update and the last update for this episode is about trump in the january 6th committee mm-hmm. so on thursday trump was subpoenaed by the january 6th committee and as some background like january 6th was the insurrection when like a group of people who thought the election was stolen like stormed the capitol with guns and people ended up dead and there was like a lot of like violent force and it was just a really terrible thing so then there was like a committee made um called the january 6th committee where they were basically like looking into like what happened that day who was responsible for what and they've been like sentencing people based on like involvement and stuff and like all this different stuff so they but been just like really looking in depth into the incident and a lot of their focus was on trump because they felt he made some comments that kind of like incited the riot so they want him to be held responsible and like be accountable for like what he said so they subpoenaed him and a subpoena is a court order to like appear in court um so like basically saying like you have to come here and um in response to the com- the subpoena, Trump didn't really like say whether he would go or not, but he made this whole long, huge 14-page letter and he said a lot of things like he called the committee members quote highly partisan political hacks and thugs whose sole function function is to destroy the lives of many hardworking american patriots so he said like a lot of different things he called the january 6 investigation a quote charade and a witch hunt mm-hmm. um and then he urged like the committee members to examine what he felt was like all this evidence pointing to election fraud and then he like made this whole section with like his quote-unquote evidence for like the election fraud and he like had this state-by-state thing with like all these statistics and like you might look at that and be like it's convincing but it's really important to like fact check like where he's getting his sources from and like how unreliable like his data is and like what he's saying is about the election because he like is trying to convince them that like oh it was stolen and he has like all this like what he says is evidence but it's really not like when you look in depth and like fact check it but um yeah so it was just like this whole like huge letter that he made and it was just like really interesting because he didn't really respond to what they were saying he just like made this long letter (laughs) so government am i right yeah pretty crazy all around yeah (laughs) just in general yeah but politics is just so confusing and so stressful it is stressful. we were learning about like what like the filibuster oh the my other God. day I, I, was... I, I like still don't even understand <laughs> the filibuster is not at all what i thought it was i thought it was something entirely different it's like i thought it was you needed 60 people to pass something but it's like it's really like you need 60 people to, to not stop to fil- stop the filibuster but the filibuster itself is like I know, I still don't even like It's like it. delays legislation. Yeah, it's like this whole thing where you delay legislation by like standing up and talking for like 24 hours. Yeah, and there's like videos of politicians like just they don't want to like stop talking because if they stop talking, then they give up their like talking time to the other party. So mm-hmm. they like read random books, The Cat in the Hat the yeah like dr seuss dr seuss it's so it was weird. like wasn't it green eggs and ham yeah that the one dude was reading? oh my god and so there was like people who like would literally just start rambling or like talking about issues entirely unrelated to like the laws that they're stopping yeah. from being passed like it was it was just it's just so weird 
It was weird. I Honestly, still don't like, even understand. <laughs> like, why? Politi- okay. Our system of government is so interesting. Anyways. But, yeah. That Basically. was really interesting. <laughs> All right. So, that ends off our episode for today. Mm-hmm. I would say, if you like this episode, please follow us. Um, mm-hmm. Follow the podcast. DM us for at any questions our social media is at we are underscore youth org and check out our website at we are youth.org and stay tuned all right bye, bye.